Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast. I'm Mike Solosi, and I'm here today with three Retro Encounter regular casters, starting with Nathan Lee. Hello, everyone. Next, Peter Treisenberg. My icon has blue hair. Does that make me a lord? Um, in <laughs> most of the time, yes, but not in uh, not in Fire Emblem Five or Fire Emblem Six. Or Gaiden. Yeah, or Gaiden. Oh, do, do neither of them have blue hair in Gaiden? Or I thought one of them did. No, all no. has green hair, so has red hair. Okay, gotcha. Well, and also joining Nathan and Peter and I is Leona McCallum. Hello. Now, I, I, if it wasn't immediately clear, this is going to be an episode all about Fire Emblem. Um, now, maybe surprisingly, Retro Encounter has not talked about Fire Emblem in great deal on the podcast. I, I, I could be wrong about this, but we definitely talked about uh, Path of Radiance a little bit on the GameCube episode. And I think that on our SNES episode three years ago, I insisted on talk, or maybe two years ago, I insisted on talking about Fire Emblem Seisen uh, uh, no Keifu a little bit because I, re- I really like that one. But just being bullet points in other episodes is, isn't a whole lot when you talk about big JRPG series on this podcast, because this, this podcast is mostly JRPGs, and Fire Emblem is a pretty uh, big JRPG series. It's uh, usually called the sort, of, um, the sort of seminal Japanese strategy RPG. The first one was in 1990, but we didn't get any in the United States until 2002 or 2003. And um, in the Western world, it's probably unlikely that you heard of Fire Emblem before Super Smash Bros. Melee in 2002. Is it, or am I off by a year? Uh, I think it's 2001. 2001? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Super Smash Bros. Melee in 2001 had Marth and Roy as, unlock, as unlockable characters. And uh, Marth was the main character of Fire Emblem 1 and Fire Emblem 3 in the 90s. And Roy was... Uh, the main character of Fire Emblem 6, now the, the, the Fire Emblem games don't actually have numbers, they usually have subtitles, I'm just simplifying it for the for everyone here. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Roy's game came out a few uh, either a few months or a year after Super Smash Bros. Melee. Roy was basically an advertisement. Um, uh, so, and the, unless you, you know, you were an importer who was very interested in Japanese RPGs, or if you read certain issues, I think certain issues of Nintendo Power in the 90s um, had ads for either... Uh, it was either Fire Emblem Three or Fire Emblem Four on the SNES. Do you, mm, you guys uh, know know much about this? I wasn't even Definitely. born back then. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> I podcast I with a bunch know. of children. But uh, but but I wow. I, 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 I don't I don't remember which one it was exactly because I also wasn't much of a Nintendo Power reader. But uh, one of the Japanese Fire, Fire Emblem games was advertised in North American Nintendo Power magazines as a, hey, this might come soon, or this is what's going on in Japan kind of articles. But um, yeah. none, of, uh, none of them ever came over until after Super Smash Bros. Melee. Um, it, now, it's, it's unclear if the popularity of Melee directly led to Fire Emblem in, North, in the Western world or not, but... Regardless, um, the one of the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems, uh, Fire Emblem Seven or Reckon Ken or the Blazing Sword, came out in '03 for GBA um, worldwide, and uh, 
and, and and that was the first Fire Emblem game in the Western world, and it was usually and it was just titled Fire Emblem, even though it's technically Fire Emblem Seven. And uh, that uh, Roy is the main character of Fire Emblem Six, and Seven is a prequel to Six, starring Roy's father Elliewood and um, two other lords named Lynn and Hector. So so that was uh, the first Fire Emblem game that came out worldwide, uh, and. I should say, fast-forwarding many years, um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was first revealed in the Nintendo Direct just before E3 2018. And uh, that is the Switch Fire Emblem game that was, for a, about a year, untitled Switch Fire Emblem game. But it was it was revealed as Three Houses on that Direct. And uh, I don't think we've had a lot of information since that Direct, but a lot of what we saw was uh, really intriguing. It looks like that... Um, your army is, you know, uh, heroes leading units and not indiv- and not strictly individuals, uh, among other things. Uh, d- now, uh, Nathan, I know you're you were following that pretty closely. Have we had a lot of information on Three Houses since that announcement, or is it mostly quiet? No, it, we've gotten pretty much nothing since that. Direct. Okay, all right. I, I was worried that I was under research, but I wasn't. I, when I was briefly checking up on it, I uh, I wasn't able to find much. Um, yeah, not, not even the Nintendo Direct we had last week even had anything. Right. That's right. That's right. I was I was curious to see if we would get anything there, and we didn't. Um, but it, it, that's basically the Fire Emblem story, uh, a, super, a strategy RPG series starting in 1990. We did not get any in the Western world until 2003, and that might have been connected to um, Fire Emblem characters appearing in Super Smash Brothers Melee. And uh, fast forwarding again, um, how many Fire Emblem characters are in the Smash series now? Is it is it eight I, or nine? I, I think it's seven. Okay. I think I was um, counting earlier on my podcast today. All right, yeah, it's um, Fire Emblem characters are almost like a, a subclass of, of heroes in the Smash series, and and I think that weirdly, like Fire Emblem has more exposure as uh, as Smash characters than as an RPG series on their own. But anyway, uh, that's enough Fire Emblem like general background information of me mostly monologuing. Let's uh, bring it to the entire panel a little bit. Uh, I want us each to briefly describe our personal story about Fire Emblem, which ones we've played. Uh, maybe the first one we played. Maybe if you have a favorite game, just go into all of that a little briefly. Uh, Peter, do you mind starting? Uh, yeah. Um, as for, for for me, I didn't really get. I didn't get I, the first Fire Emblem game I played. I didn't play the one, the first one that came out here, but I did play Sacred Stones. Uh, my friend uh, loaned me his copy, and I ended up playing through it and really enjoyed it at the time. Uh, didn't really think much else of it other than this was a pretty cool game. Um. Until um, Awakening was coming out, um, and I was like, okay, I want to give this series another shot. Uh, slight problem, Nintendo faint, rather famously under-printed uh, Awakening upon launch, mm-hmm. and despite my roommate at, at college at the time and I scouring the city of Grand Rapids, we found a single copy, and he bought it. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Tyler, um, <laughs> uh, which I am not bitter about at all, I swear. Um, so I ended up playing Awakening again about a year later and really liked it. Um, uh, played Fates when that came out and hated it. Um, and I haven't played Echoes at all lately. Um, so that is my uh, short history of the Fire Emblem series for me. Cool, thanks, Peter. Um, I guess I'll go next. I had a. There was a time where I was pretty hardcore into Fire Emblem. And you'll, I guess you'll glean that from my description here. I hadn't really heard of it until Smash Melee 
where you know I was playing it at a friend's house, and they said, "Oh yeah, these guys are from Fire Emblem. It's a it's a Japanese series." And then lo and behold, the Fire Emblem Game Boy Advance game comes out, which is fi again Fire Emblem Seven in Japan, and uh, and it got good reviews, and it was a strategy RPG. And I'm like, "Oh damn, I I love Game Boy games. I love strategy RPGs. I uh." I, I bet I would be really into this. And so I sought out a copy of that. I didn't play it right when it came out. It was probably like in the first year within it coming out because it was a little hard to find. So I, I end up playing Fire Emblem 7, although it was just called Fire Emblem, maybe uh, six months after it came out. And I really, really liked it. I got pretty deep into it. And I bought, uh, I bought and played um, Sacred Stones and Path of Radiance when they came out. Around that time, uh, say mid-2000s, I think uh, probably when I was in college, and I, and I was in college from oh uh, five to oh nine, um, so sometime when I was in college, I played Fire Emblem Four, which is Seisen no Keifu, and Fire Emblem Six, which is Fuin no Surugi, and, and uh, Seisen no Keifu is, is Super Famicom, Fuin no Surugi is the Roy game for GBA. So I, I played both of those. I skipped over the Wii one, and uh, played Shadow Dragon, and <laughs> Awakening. Um, and I really liked those. I, I, I really liked all the ones that I'd played up to that point for, for different reasons, some more than others, of course. I was, uh, I was in Fire Emblem Shipping Wars and Fire Emblem Who's the Best Character Arguments on GameFAQs a lot. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, a, lot in that, a lot in that period. Um, and uh, uh, and, I, and I, again, I played Awakening a little bit late, not because, uh, not because I had a hard time finding it, because it didn't have a 3DS. I got a, I got a 3DS a couple years late, and uh, when I did get it, it, um, Fire Emblem Awakening was one of the games I sought out earliest, and I and I really enjoyed that one. Um, I did get Fates and Echoes at the time they came out, but I am in the same boat as you, Peter. I really did not like Fates. I played through the first... I'm in the 15 to 20 chapter range for uh, the first two stories, for um, for Birthright and Conquest, but didn't finish either of them. Yeah, I, I, I tried twice. Like, <laughs> but we'll talk about fates in greater detail a little later. And I do have a copy of Echoes. I um I wasn't gonna get it, but then a friend sold me his copy a little cheap, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll twenty five dollars. The the price is right. Um, so uh, but but I haven't I haven't touched it. I probably would I probably would enjoy Echoes for um and from everything I've read about it, it seems interesting, but I have not touched it. So that's my personal Fire Emblem story. Um, Leona, do you mind uh, going next? Uh, sure. Um, the first Fire Emblem I played was, like, Peter, Sacred Stones. Uh, my friend had it on his, like, uh, SP, and he let me play it. And I liked it, but I didn't like it enough to buy it or whatever. Uh, but uh, years later, I played Path of Radiance on GameCube, and that became, like, one of my favorite games of all time. And it's, like, my favorite Fire Emblem to this day is Path nice. of Radiant. Yeah. Um, uh, since we're on the hate train, I also don't like fates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, I wasn't expecting th this much unison, uh, but uh, <laughs> please continue, Leona. I, there's things I do like about it. We'll, we'll go into more detail later. We'll get into it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say I'm a casual fan of the series. I've played everything that's came out in English. And the GBA that didn't come out in English. I played that one. Oh, um, uh, Fu and Nosurugi with Roy? Yes, cool. I played that one. Uh, okay, quick aside, did you get the best ending in that one? Because I pulled my hair out qualifying for the best ending in that one. Do you know it's been so long, I don't even remember. It's it's confusing. There's um, 
shoot, either eight or nine special weapons that you have to get, and you have to obtain all of them to unlock the right. uh, uh, final two chapters that gives you the proper ending. And you the get fact a, that, yeah, the fact yeah. That I'm drawing on a blank on that makes me think I didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get a couple of them normally, but uh, for five or six of them, you have to unlock special uh, special secret chapters by doing certain uh, fulfilling certain conditions in story chapters. Mm, and some no. of those conditions are are tough. It's not always easy. So using a guide, I mean, I I've played FE6 twice, and the first time I did not get a good ending, and the second and the second time I did more research, and specifically worked to get a good ending, and it was a challenge, but I did do it. Uh, Is it worth it? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I like I like that game a lot, and I uh, I think the three GBA Fire Emblems have different strengths and weaknesses that you can yeah. sort of you can sort of see. You can sort of see like the design ideas progress in the three of them, like yeah. l- l- like six has the most characters and the uh, and the weakest growths and the most challenging quest, and then as you go down the line, they get uh, they get like the cast gets smaller but more customizable, and this quest gets a little easier. And mm-hmm. uh, of those three, seven, the middle one is probably my favorite, but I, th- I think all three of them are pretty good. Uh, and uh, and I didn't mention this in my brief spiel. Um, my favorite Fire Emblem game is probably either uh, the the GBA one that was my first one, Fire Emblem Seven, or Path of Radiance for GameCube, which is some, which, which we might shorten to Fire Emblem Nine at times. So like Seven and Nine are my two favorites. But I, I like I like all of the ones that I've played to completion. Um, and uh, okay, Nathan, your turn. What is your brief background on the Fire Emblem series? Alright, so first time, I uh, just noticed one of my friends playing a Path of Radiance, and that was my first kind of dive in, because after that, I got a copy of it. Uh, so Radiant, Path of Radiance is my first one, then I branched off from there, Pat played Radiant Dawn. L- little bit of Sacred Stones, then didn't finish Sacred Stones. Uh, so after that, was I played all the Fire Emblem games since then, since Radiant Dawn, so that's Awakening, all the Fates games, Echoes, and the spin-offs games. Was Shadow Dragon after or before Radiant Dawn? Oh, right. Sorry. Shadow Dragon is the one I missed out on. Okay. Shadow uh, I couldn't find a copy of it. Was it after? Okay. Oh, it was uh, after Radiant Dawn. All right. Yeah. Now, um, Shadow Dragon's a weird one. Now, you guys probably you guys probably already know this, but um, for the benefit of all of us uh, and, and the audience, um, Shadow Dragon was the DS Fire Emblem game, but it was... It was uh, there were two Fire Emblem DS games, Shadow Dragon and then a direct follow-up. And I uh, let, let's call them uh, Fire Emblem Ten and Twelve, just just for simplicity's sake. Um, and rolling it back, um, Fire Emblem Three for the Super Famicom was a remake of Fire Emblem One that then ha- added like a second quest after the ending of Fire Emblem One. So it was like a it was like a double length Fire Emblem One remake. And uh, the two DS games were the two halves of Fire Emblem Three. So the first, so Shadow Dragon was a remake of Fire Emblem One, the first half of Fire Emblem Three, and the second DS game was a remake of the second half of Fire Emblem Three. So they were a connected story, uh, and we only got the first one, which was localized as Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon. So that's confusing. It's it's a My it's brain. it's a remake. It's a it's a half remake of a remake <laughs> that, that that is Japan only. <laughs> But we we only got the first half, um, and I, I did play through Shadow Dragon. Um, it's not one of my favorites. I think there, I think there's uh, maybe it's a, a little bit too old feeling in a way. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of complaints I heard about it. Yeah, and but but we never got its sequel. You, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a weirdly named thing that I'm not going to look up right now. But we never got fire the second Fire Emblem DS game uh, worldwide. 
Is that the mystery of the emblem one? Mystery yeah. of the no, no, mystery of the emblem is yeah, Fire Emblem okay. Three for the right. for uh, for for Super Famicom, and the the two DS games. One of them is the first half. Shadow Dragon is the first half of Mystery of the Emblem, and the second one is the second half of Mystery of the Emblem. Gotcha. It's like when people talk about Final Fantasy, like prior to six, it's like four, three, one. Yeah. Which number am I on? It's like when you say Final <laughs> Fantasy three, are you talking about the NES, the, the SNES, the PS one, the PSP, <laughs> the DS? It could be any of those. Uh, if, but... you're just one, if you're just one digit off, you either end up with Cloud or Squall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, good lord. But but anyway, uh... and that would be terrible. <laughs> one of well, those is coming to the Switch, it. and one of them isn't. <laughs> Uh, fast forwarding to the present a little bit, uh, we re- we most recently had Fire Emblem Awakening on the 3DS, then Fire Emblem Fates on the 3DS, then Fire Emblem Echoes on the 3DS, and Awakening was a standalone game. That ha- uh, Fates was split into multiple games. There was Birthright, Conquest, Conquest, and Revelations, and you could get those all on a on a single cartridge or split between two cartridges. And Revelations was d- could be DLC. It was it's a little complicated. It's it's more complicated than Pokemon Red versus Pokemon Blue. Um, but but Fates is basically a multi-game epic, and then Echoes is a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which you might truncate to Fire Emblem Two, which was an NES game, and uh, and Fire Emblem Gaiden did a lot of things different. There was like it had sort of dungeon crawl segments, and mm-hmm. it was uh, uh, it, it wasn't exactly linear like Fire Emblem Conquest, and not exactly a world map like Fire Emblem uh, Fates Birthright. It was. A, a, a little complicated, and you and again, you, what? Go ahead. I was just saying it was, it was an interesting game. Echoes. Yeah, no, no, it does sound interesting, and I, but I, 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 I have not played a second of it. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to give that one a try because I've heard people say it's good, and I kind of want to be a little up, more up to speed when Three Houses comes out. Yeah. But um, um, at, the, at the same time, I, I look at it and I just go. Uh, it's it's quite good, but it's not it's amazing. Pretty, pretty don't don't expect to be like blown away by it or anything. Yeah, it's not a thing that'll blow you away, but it's definitely a very solid fire emblem. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Nathan, you reviewed it about a year ago, so uh, and, yeah. and you did you did give it a solid score. And I remember that uh, Derek Hemsbergen played it. I don't know if it was individually or for or for review, but um, he also he also liked it with some reservations, uh, and he I think also had issues with fates like I did. So um, I, I, I'm I'm with you, Peter. I'm interested in in Gaiden, and it just hasn't happened yet. And I do have a copy of it sitting in my 3DS game wallet, so that may yet happen. But anyway, uh, back to the present a little bit. Um, if you uh, dep- if if you count Fates as one game, which might which might be unfair, might be might be fair. I don't know. <laughs> I say it's one game. Okay, I would all, say it's one game. Then using our all right. Then using our our simplified numbering system, uh, then uh, Echoes would be Fire Emblem fifteen, and this upcoming three house Fire Emblem three houses for the Switch would be Fire Emblem sixteen, and um. Again, we don't have a lot of information on it outside of that trailer from four months ago or so. Uh, and Nathan, you, please correct me if I get any details off here. Uh, Three Houses is the is the localized name for it. Its full name in Japanese is like a uh, uh, a paraphrased version of a Chinese proverb about war and balance or something. Something like that. But yeah, Three Houses is the name for us in the West. And do we know, is it going to be a single release? Or is it is Three Houses going to be, you know... Uh, 
like blue version, red red version, yellow version yeah. kind of deal. We know nothing about it other than that trailer we got from oh, E3. Please, right. not again. Not again. <laughs> I, I really hope it's not. I don't want to go through Fates again. I, Surprise, I would... there's four games. Oh no, there's a fourth <laughs> house. That's the twist. And then the Lannisters show up and just kill everybody. And then I'm like, you know, I'm actually okay with that. Never mind. Yes. Maybe the they ruin the entire Fire Emblem's timeline with a meteor, and then they have to do Three Houses 2.0 of Realm Reborn. But uh, if, you ever, and, if you ever need somebody to reboot your franchise, call uh, Naoki Yoshida and see if he's not see if he's not busy. Yoshi P is a superhero of a video game producer, and I I I, I am in awe of Fire Emblem 14 at, at all times. But I have uh, Fire. I. I Final Fantasy. 14. Yeah, Final Fantasy fourteen. Fire Emblem fourteen is. Oh no, that's Fates. Oh no, I am not. I am not in awe of that one at all times. It's on. It's on Mike. We've got it. All right. Well. Uh, oh boy. Well, you say it's on Mike. I could edit that out. I have the power here. Despite despite all of our our bitching about Fates, um, I do quite enjoy a uh, Corin in Smash Four because uh, pinning somebody to the side of the stage is a uh, is amusing. <laughs> and well, anyway, like in spite of us complaining about Fire Emblem Fates, uh, all of us do like Fire Emblem, and each had you know different or different starting points uh, and perspectives on the series. And I want to do something that uh, I did several months ago on one of the Zelda episodes. I, you, I think Nathan, I think you were on this episode with me, um, I where I it. had each panelist sort of say one thing that they specifically like about Fire Emblem, or maybe a, a thing that they associate with Fire Emblem. Uh, j just to give an idea of our feelings on the series and what we get out of the series. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go first uh, to give you guys a little bit of time to think because I, I this might be a bit of a surprise question. I apologize. Uh, when I play a Fire Emblem game, I want sort of to see. Uh, I, I I like seeing the army come together and interact. It, uh, yeah. And uh, Leona, we're we're in the middle of Suikoden two episodes right now, and I, <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned, and I, I definitely mentioned on the podcast that my, one of my favorite things about Suikoden two is building and recruiting those that army of one hundred and eight stars. And uh, and, and I, there's a similar loop with Fire Emblem. You uh, the uh, every Fire Emblem game has conservatively at least twenty characters, and um, yeah. many of at them least. get yeah. yeah many of them get into the into the fifty sixty plus range, but uh, and getting a new character. Seeing what silly, what anime silly personality they have, finding out how they fit in your army, seeing what skills they have, how the, how they can promote into and and change, and sort of building the army and growing the army, I think is really satisfying. And so I think when I think of Fire Emblem, I think of you know starting out as a plucky prince exiled from your kingdom or something, with three or four friends, and then growing into an army of fifty plus and cha and challenging you know, some dark force with an evil empire, maybe dragons are involved kind of thing by the end of the game. Like, And uh, basically seeing the army grow after starting small and culminating in these big like 20 versus 30 unit fights at the end of the game in a uh, yeah. in, in a relatively solid strategy RPG frame framework. That is sort of what I think of in Fire Emblem and something that I always look forward to, building your army, is what I like to see. Uh, Peter, do you have a, a Fire Emblem tenant or Fire Emblem concept that you uh, particularly like or associate with the series? Uh, this is going to be a weirdly specific thing, but um, I really like, I, I think it's really satisfying, the critical hit animations and level the level up. Yeah. <laughs> it, 
Now that's a, that's kind of a thing in all RPGs. Like that's like you know that's kind of the simple satisfaction of you know watching numbers climb and reaching that goalpost, and now your character's a little stronger for it. I think Fire Emblem really nails making that feel fun and satisfying, especially on the Game Boy Advance games when you have those really well animated two D sprites doing like crazy shenanigans for their uh, their critical yeah, hit attacks. Right? Yeah. Yeah, especially the Myrmidons, like uh. Yeah, Myrmidons, Swordmasters, Swordmaster, and yeah, uh, and yeah. to and to a lesser extent, like Lynn and Erica have awesome critical animations. Yeah, yeah. that that's just some of my favorite. That's some of my favorite things about that series. That's something I always like. That's some one of the things that's those little satisfactions that keep you, um, playing when you're doing um it, it playing in battle. Um, and also to the uh the permadeath aspect, I know it's something that gets uh downplayed a little bit because um. Because of the mode where you there are you know the modes in the recent games you can turn it off, and while I I agree with the rationale behind that, I get people not wanting to waste their time. Uh, I also kind of feel like it's a really essential part of the series' identity. Yeah, um, so so I mean I think it was probably the right call to give uh, players an option to switch it on or off. But with that totally. said, I I always want permadeath on because that's what Fire Emblem is to me, and it just it yeah, increases no, the risk. Yeah, I am yeah. all in favor of, of, of more accessibility options, letting more people enjoy the video game. Um, I just think that uh, I, 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 I think we had this discussion uh, before, but it's like uh, if you turn on the casual mode, you and you can just power through the same mission and bring everyone comes back to life. Whereas on permadeath mode, yeah, there are people who save scum and reset every time they fail a mission, but you also if you if you if you're not doing that, then it does kind of force you to live with the consequences of your decisions, which I think is really interesting. So, like, my, my first run of Sacred Stones it was interesting because I was, like, I, I had uh, this... There was a, I don't remember their names. There was the father-son duo that joins your party really early on. Uh, that is Ross, and I think his father is... Uh, something. No, that's someone it, else. It might be Gordon. I forget Ross's dad's name. But, yeah, they, they, were, uh, they, they were both Axe users. Yeah, think, yeah, right. Yeah. So oh, Ross and Garcia. That's it. Garcia. Garcia. That's yeah. it. Mm. In my uh, in my playthrough, the sun died a couple missions after that because I was still getting the hang of the game. Um, so the sun died, and the father stayed in my army and was pretty, pretty well. Um, he was a pretty good member. Uh, uh, I used him pretty often, um, but he ended up getting killed in I think the second to last mission. And I kind of had this little head cannon going where I was like, okay, well now you know he fought on and hard, but. Now he's with his son, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's one of those little personal narratives. It's like, <laughs> kind of uh -oh. free, but you know, it was something. It's something. It was something I thought about that was interesting that I don't think I could have gotten in any other series. So mm -hmm. that happened to me um, the very first time I played Fire Emblem Seven, which is you know just Fire Emblem in the in North America, where uh, I had the core eleven or twelve units that I had been using the most the whole game. And then when the later in the game when you start when your army size you know for battles needs to start being in the sixteen to twenty range I would just I would just use the big strong units that I had recruited most recently but really I, I had a core dozen or so and in the second to last mission um, before you fight Nurgle and the dragon like there's you uh, you have to fight a bunch of revived bosses and 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 big strong zombie units from earlier in the game. And one of my mainstays from the entire game, uh, Sane, one of one of the earliest uh, social knights or, or cavaliers that you get, he was a level I don't know, probably thirteen or fourteen paladin and super duper strong. He uh, he died really late in the battle, 
and uh, and I ended up continuing because I just wanted to beat the game, and it was my and I had really struggled with the bet with that fight a couple times already, and because Zane was sort of a goofball, sort of like a sort of a Joker kind of character, and he had been one of my mainstays since literally the second or third mission with Lin, like it, again like chapter two or three of the game is when Zane joins. I I was. I was a little heartbroken. It's like, man, like the, the the guy who would sort of lighten the mood in my army, who had been there since the beginning and was one of my strongest mounted units, is is gone, and he's the only person that isn't going to get a scene in the epilogue. I, I was, I was a little haunted by it. No, <laughs> I actually think the series. I, I don't know what, what they'll end up doing with three houses, but I feel like we talk about these personal narratives where characters die and you have to live with the consequences and we have these little stories we tell ourselves. And I feel like one thing the series could really benefit from would be uh, making those deaths feel more impactful in the game proper. Like not just in that, Oh, you lost a really good unit, but like, do like a, I don't know, do something cheesy, like do a funeral service or something. Oh, no. you, you, know what, you, you know what? One thing I would like, this is, this is also incredibly cheesy. Uh, let's say one character dies and they're paired with another character, either with the, through the support system or through the story. And the uh-huh. other the other character gets either stat bonuses or stat detractions from the Yeah, from I want like die. a PTSD mechanic. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my god, you guys are so oh. depressed. Yeah, oh no, 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 hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Let's say you have two characters that are best friends or something, right? If one of them dies, the remaining one maybe gets penalties to certain stats and bonuses to other stats because now they're hardened, now they're determined, but they're, they're also haunted. Right? Maybe they maybe, oh maybe they get a more erratic critical hit rate, or um, or <laughs> they inherit one of what they inherit one of their partner's skills. So you Ooh, don't. That's good too. Gameplay wise, you gameplay wise, you don't lose out on that character's abilities, but it's like you still have like you're still missing that character and the other, the partner character is like that can make be a, a way of working around making the pairing system feel so superfluous too. Again, yeah. glares at face. <laughs> and also, I mean, uh, the crazy people on uh, on the fan communities. Would strategically kill off their own units to get the most desirable bonuses to other. I units. was gonna say that. You, so you I know that would happen. People would find it. Another lance user. Yeah, hmm, P- yeah people would min-max their own their own army by killing off the uh, characters strategically, either based on who they wanted to use or who they weren't going to use. That yeah. th- th- that is <laughs> a deep that's a, that's, a, that's a deep dark hole that we I don't want to go down anymore. Um, <laughs> so moving on, uh, Nathan, what's one or two? ideas or concepts central to Fire Emblem that you particularly like or particularly think embody Fire Emblem? Uh, one particular thing I always think embodies Fire Emblem is you always have like some kind of twist like around the mid mid and end point, and then you find a dragon, you drag it at the end of it. That's usually what I think of Fire Emblem. <laughs> like it a has full, to have a dragon at the end. I think a full two-thirds <laughs> of Fire Emblem games have a dragon at the end. Not not every single one. It's definitely, yeah, not every single one. It's yeah. definitely a giant weirdo demon at the end of Sacred Stones, for one. It's a dragon in Awakening. It's I don't even, I don't even know what happens in Fates. I thought it was like a weird eyeball monster. Uh, uh the end. The true sorry, Revelation's ending is a dragon. Okay, yeah, it's, a, it's a dragon. <laughs> it's usually a dragon. I I could only think of, I could only think of one where it wasn't a dragon. Um. Oh shoot! It's in, in Path of Radiance. No, no, it's a dragon in Path of Radiance. It's a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. It's the rise of dragon. Yeah, it, I, I remember. <laughs> now it can't be dragons again, Leona. But <laughs> tell us one thing that you specifically associate <laughs> with Fire Emblem or specifically like about Fire Emblem. Um, 
Well, you know, when I think about Fire Emblem, I'm always thinking about the supports and the support system. Of course. And that, yes. that yeah. is what I derive a lot of my enjoyment from Fire Emblem. It's the, you know, it's the, the ties that bind all these characters together. It's like, is this character, how would they interact with this character who's totally different? And then you get to watch how they perceive each other. And I find that very interesting. And then when you have them on the battlefield, I feel like in your head, you've got like a little story going for them. They feel more important. And I really like that. So when it's not in Fire Emblem, I tend to not enjoy it so much. Like Fire Emblem right, Radiant Dawn didn't have a very, or any ex- support system. Really? And I didn't en- uh, no, it, not really. It, it did kind of, but it wasn't nearly as like. Yeah, it's. I'm missing and, the word, but anyway, it wasn't. And, the, it wasn't as important. Yeah. In Radiant Dawn, you can go to a menu and you can just pair characters up, and it gives you all the benefits that supports do. But you don't see a little cutscene. You don't see any interaction. You don't get extra. With... You don't get extra dialogue. You don't. You basically. No. You basically get yeah. some stat bonuses, but you don't put in the work. Exactly. Yeah, you, you only get the scene for A ranks or S ranks, yeah. whatever it is in there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so if it, yeah, so I really like if it has a really expansive support system. Right, and um, I we should mention I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit of uh, a little later probably, but uh, a lot of the time support systems it's always between a man and a woman, or almost always between a man and a woman will end in a romantic pairing or even a marriage. Right. And again, I'll do one more personal Fire Emblem story that I think I did go briefly into during the SNES Encounter episode th- uh, two or three years ago. Uh, in Fire Emblem Seisen no Keifu, Fire Emblem 4 for the Super, for the Super Famicom, it's, it, the game's divided into two halves. And in the, in the first half, uh, you're, you know, it's a bunch of no- noblemen, you're fighting in a war. And in the second half, the... Uh, the people central to the story are the children of the characters from the first half. So right. th- there's a couple pairings that are canon pairings, like, um, oh, shoot, I, I won't be able to remember all of these, but uh, like, like, like Sigurd will always marry the same weird druid lady, and uh, their children, will, their child will always be Celis. And, um, right. and, 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 uh, and, but it's, it's not guaranteed. Like you, uh, several of the characters, most of them, you, uh, basically you get to play matchmaker, and if you pair them, uh, pair characters up a lot in battle, they can get an A rank support, and then at the midpoint, they'll get married, and you'll have, play as, and their child will be recruitable in the second half. Okay, so it's similar. The, the uh, Awakenings child system was basically a subversion of the uh, Fire Emblem Four child system in, in an interesting way, I feel. But Awaken- Awakening made it work. Um... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fates Awakening. Listen. Fates did not make it work. <laughs> oh, 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 fate. But but <laughs> we have a. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't like the fact that we invented a parallel dimension where your children age faster. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> having them come back from the future to, to to save the present, like Terminator style, was was kind of hilarious and and also a, a big reference to Fire Emblem Four. And it and and uh-huh. it, with Fire Emblem Fates, they clearly wanted to do that again, but it had a lot more trouble finishing uh, fitting it into the story, since that that apocalyptic future was a big central part of Fire Emblem Awakening. But but anyway, um, back to Fire Emblem Four. Uh, so I so I was using a guide and I was playing matchmaker because if characters don't get married then their children characters in the second half get replaced by generics who will have maybe half as many stats and no special skills. So it's like the second half of Fire Emblem 4 is probably um, easier than average for Fire Emblem if you have several good children characters and probably harder than average if you didn't do supports in the first half. So it's a it's a weird thing, and I, d- I definitely wanted yeah. to I definitely used a guide because I wanted to 
you know, I, I wanted to pair the characters up and have and have a be in a better situation in the second half. But I ran into a problem. Um, my favorite character in the first half of the game is Ira, who was a uh, a Myrmidon slash Swordmaster in the first half. She's awesome. She has holy blood that gave her. Uh, I'm sorry, she had noble blood that gave her um, a skill uh, a stat upgrade, and she had a special weapon. And if she married someone, then uh, then her her noble blood would be inherited into her children, and her daughter would inherit her uh, her special sword and her special skills. And um, and um, Ira has twins in the second half, so you, so you get two good characters if you have Ira marry somebody. And hmm. so uh, and, and and she's awesome. She's one of the best characters in the first half of the game, and her and her children are awesome. So you definitely want to ho- have Ira hook up with somebody. And the problem I have ran into was was um. I, I had basically figured out who was going to marry who, except for Ira, and I didn't know if I wanted to marry her to Lex, who was one of my who was a one of my paladin characters who I used a lot, and he and and uh, he had like big HP and and uh, and attack stats, and and um and an okay skill that both kids would inherit, or if I wanted her to marry Holen, who was I think Ira's cousin, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But if, I'm from yeah, but if but <laughs> if I were married Holin, the stat bonuses on the kids would be better, and the son would inherit Holin's uh, special skill and and his sword. So, like, if I had Ira marry Lex, I would it would be a character I used more because I didn't really use Holin in that game much, and uh, and their kids would have like more HP and attack. Or, but if I had Ira marry Holin. Um, they would like the kids would have better speed and skill stats, and the, uh, the the daughter would always inherit Ira's sword no matter what. But the son would have better a better weapon and better skills. So it's, it's like, do I go with the character that I like more and who I, story mm-hmm. in the story seems to have a crush on Ira, or do I have Ira marry her cousin who would create more powerful children? I was yeah. I was I was literally broken up about this. Like I stopped playing the game for several days thinking about it, and, <laughs> I, and I, I eventually married her with Holin, but I didn't feel good about it, and I still kind of feel bad for Lex. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't like that whole Fire Emblem eugenic simulator. I know. I don't I don't enjoy it. I, I always put two characters who I like together. Like, I, 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 I've, I only played that <laughs> game once. I, I've only played um, Seisen no Kefu one, the one time in probably, I don't know, probably 2005 or 2006. And I still kind of feel bad with how I handled <laughs> marrying one of my favorite character. And I, uh, like, I, I like that a game makes me feel these things, but I don't like that I, I made a decision because I was gaming a system. And yeah. uh, so it's... It's weird. Like sometimes Fire Emblem does get weird in eug- and eugenics. Like the, uh, the Fire Emblem Four is full of it because like uh, noble blood makes kids more powerful and 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 you don't want like... you don't you don't want peasant characters in the second half of the game, which sounds gross. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like it kind of makes like more sense in like a political storyline, right? Like cause yes, and, and Fire Emblem Four is a fairly political story. Uh-huh. But, but still, I don't love that I felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I'm with you on that. I don't like the eugenic simulator stuff. I um I prefer to have characters pair that I feel like have a good relationship with each other and yeah. that that relationship develops naturally, which is a big problem I have with the with the more recent games. Um, not the one that shall not be named. Um, because um, <laughs> because I don't like the fact that if I do a couple extra missions with the same pairings, I can have these two characters who've barely known each other. Be married and have children before the story's even started, basically, uh-huh. and it feels weird and artificial, and like the relationships have no meaning. I would prefer it if they had, if they were, if there were more like 
meaningful event triggers or if there was a better story justification for these characters getting together um yeah it's in in a way there's it's a it's a you know it's waifu wars or or match or matchmaker simulator and and the community at large uh like the, the romantic side of fire emblem is uh, is very popular like uh there there's probably a hundred best girl threads on game facts on this very moment in just every fire emblem sub forum you're all wrong because the answer is Lynn. Well, uh, sure. Oh, do we have a debate? No, no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. no, we are not. We are not having this. And if if it continues, I'm cutting it out of the podcast. Um, I, I I don't want to generalize too much, but I would say the Fire Emblem fan base very, very much is into the matchmaking support aspect of the series, and as such, is an awfully horny fan base. Yeah, the Fire Emblem fan base is really horny. I mean. Yeah, like I, I would say, in terms of horniness, maybe around even with the Danganronpa fan base, but not quite as horny as the Overwatch fan base. So those are those are some things we associate with Fire Emblem: the permadeath, the support system, uh, building your army, and of course, you always fight a dragon at the end. Um, but we've talked about uh, a lot of Fire Emblem things right now. Uh, I, I want to super briefly. Everyone mentioned one or two of your favorite Fire Emblem characters because. Again, this is uh, up to 15 games, oh, man, just d- dozens of characters in, e- <laughs> in each one. Just one or two that are your sort of favorites. I'll, I'll go first and make this uh, a little bit easier. Um, uh, I, I, w- I, my favorite kind of unit in Fire Emblem are flyers, because I think just having high movement and uh, and and is maybe the most important thing in a Fire Emblem game. So I I'll have my entire army be like half cavalry sometimes. It's it's a little crazy. And so one of my favorite <laughs> maybe my all-time favorite flying unit is a uh, Melody from Final from Fire Emblem 6. She's uh, a she's a wyvern that you get around the uh, midpoint of the game. She starts out as an enemy unit and she's doubting uh, she's downing what Ze- what uh, Zephiel's doing with his army. And when you recruit her, she's basically just so good, she'll probably max every single stat she has. So her her magic resistance oh, yeah. her magic resistance will be naturally fairly low, but she'll just be a complete monster tank in every other stat. And she was uh, the the two times I've played Fire Emblem Six, she was the best lance unit every single time. And I and I love I love flying units and I love her. And I could probably make this entire uh, pod I could probably record an entire podcast on my favorite Fire Emblem cav- cavalry units. And uh, and outside of Melody, um, a- another particular favorite of mine. I mentioned I I mentioned Ira from. Fire Emblem Four, but I, uh, I I do like uh, sort of like um, powerful sing- uh, single weapon infantry a lot. Like like they can only use one weapon, but they're a, compl- a complete you know just a complete terror because of how uh, how strong they're individually. So uh, and and unusually there's there aren't very many of this kind of unit. But I love Nephany from Fire Emblem Nine from Path of Radiance. I was gonna say Nephany. God I, damn it! I love <laughs> Nephany because she's she's uh, she's adorable and she has a country accent. She's a little uh, she's a little embarrassed by and she is a yeah. mofo with uh, as a halberdier. She's one of the best spear units in any Fire Emblem game. She's just a complete monster. And I yeah, Melody and Nephany, two my two of my favorite spear users ever. Those are those nice. are my two. Um, does anyone have a volunteer to talk about their favorite Fire Emblem uh, characters? <laughs> I can go. Uh, go for uh, it, yeah. I, I, I'm i going to name two Path of Radiance characters, and they both have red hair. And right. that's Titania mm-hmm. and Jill. I love Titania. I, yeah, yeah, Titania, yeah. She's, she's yeah. probably the best, uh, was it, 
I forgot his name. Oh my god. Uh, uh, you're, oh, you're talking about you're talking about the archetype Jagan. for the, yeah. the paladin you have at the beginning of the game. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, I forget it too. It's 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 Jagan. Yeah, yeah, Jagan. Yes, it's the Jagan unit, which is Marco, which is Marcus in Fire Emblem Six and Seven. And Seth and. Sacred Stones. <laughs> Seth's a good Seth's a good one in Sacred Stones, but Titania might be the best one. You're right. Mm-hmm. I think Seth is the best, actually. I think he carries the game on his own. But like, uh, anyway, this is about Titania. <laughs> Titania, yeah, you can use her through the whole game, really, and she doesn't like impact your army negatively, like most Jaeger Jaegen units do. Um, but I like her personality. She's very like motherly towards Ike and. She's just very sweet, and I think Jill's relationship, our our arc over the series, is very nice, and our prop and our problems with her dad and stuff like that. So I'll say those two. Cool. So Peter or Nathan, do you have a volunteer for your Fire Emblem favorite characters? I can think of a couple. I think. Um, uh, I I don't know if this quite counts as main. It's not mainline Fire Emblem, but uh, Kiria from Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I want to give a special shout out. To. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Tokyo Mirage cast is great. Is pretty actually pretty great in general because they're basically like yeah. off-brand persona characters, with um <laughs> with Fire Emblem characters as their persona, which is as awesome as it sounds. Um, and uh, Kyria is the one who has uh, Tharja's uh as her persona, and uh, and she's this kind of character who starts off as kind of like an ice queen, but uh, develops over the course of the game. She's like she's a star, an idol star that um, the main, one of the main girls, Subasa, really looks up to. And there's this really great scene, um, one of, in one of the side quests where um, one of their social link type things, where they have to perform on stage together, and they kind of realize what they can learn from each other. And it's a big moment of like stardom for Subasa, and a big character moment for Kiria too, because she's kind of learning to see other performers as you know equals to her. Um, and she's she's just a really cool character. I really enjoyed getting to know her. And she has my other favorite character as her persona, which is Tharja. Tharja is uh, <laughs> one of the most delightful characters in Awakening. I love the fact that she's like, like you know, she's kind of the grumpy mage character who's like threatening to curse the people and and is also wearing S and M gear and has some of the most risque looking uh, statuettes and and merch of any Fire Emblem character. <laughs> So I'm not saying there's a bit of a personal inclination going on in this bit, but... <laughs> um, no, I like, I like Tharja. She is like kind of like that... She pretends she doesn't care, but she actually probably cares the most of anybody. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think she's got a, a bit more to her character going on that I like. And uh, I, I, I do not know the Fire Emblem uh, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions cast at all. I, I haven't played that game. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't own a Wii U. But when you, when you said Kyria and I didn't know who Kyria was, I was kind of hoping it was the dude that wants to be a common writer. Kind of hoping it was him. Toma's the... Uh, he's... He's the uh, generic best friend. He's the best friend archetype. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know that his. Uh, I know that he has either Kane or Abel as his as his persona. Um, exactly. It's Kane. It's Kane. Yeah. Kane. Uh, I, I, we, every single Fire Emblem game gives you two Cavaliers. Earlier, uh, early, they're called Social Knights in the Japanese versions. And in mm-hmm. Fire Emblem One, they were Kane and Abel. So, uh, and they're usually red and green, but not not always. The Christmas so, nights. Yeah. <laughs> and and him in a bunch of off-brand Common Rider costumes in yep. uh, Tokyo Mirage, which is awesome. And it, it's uh, I, I, I'll briefly go into a Common Rider uh, tangent. Um, the, the main character of a Common Rider of since 2000 is always an actor in his late teens or early twenties, 
always a sort of handsome idol type of guy and is all and they're always trying to use the common rider show as like their first role and then move on to bigger things a- afterwards all of them are basically that archetype so if you if you lo- if you line up all of the common rider actors from the past 20 years it's like oh yeah these are um 20 handsome japanese dudes about the same age that definitely want a music career or a film career <laughs> So they decided to use that sort of arc for one of the main characters of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and I am absolutely into it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use the hell out of that dude if and when I play that game. <laughs> it's worth it. It's a, it. Honestly, I thought it was a delightful experience. Awesome. Yeah, I only played like half of it, but the way it handles like the the actor lifestyle or whatever, the talent lifestyle, it's really, yep. it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, and having one of the male main characters trying to be on a tokusatsu show is a, a thousand percent into it so uh so so uh all right uh, thanks peter um nathan it's your turn give us your uh give us two of your favorite fire emblem characters and sort of why you like them and then i'd pick only two of them <laughs> hey I we all character. had to i could i could give you a squad of 20 if you like or or two from each game that i've played but, uh, but we're limiting it to two i only right. regret my two I, I, damn it <laughs> we all have too many, probably. I don't yeah, regret. So... I don't regret my two, but I I didn't include my all-time favorite lord in there, which is which I feel a little bad about. Do you want to want to increase it to three, and we each get one bonus one after Nathan's okay, done? Okay, one more, one more. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Nathan, give us your okay. three, and then Peter, Leona, and I will each give a bonus one. <laughs> okay, so my all-time favorite is Ike. Yeah, Ike is uh, just one. He's just like part of him. Just really loves him as a unit because he's just. You could carry uh, Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, and Radiant Dawn just using Ike, just because of how super powerful he is. Yeah. And plus, Ike has really, like, it's a bit of an interesting story for him. Um, becoming leader of the Grail Mercenaries after his father dies, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, a second. What I got here? I got a whole list. <laughs> but I guess probably the second one might be Elaine or Odin from. Like he's in Awakening and Fates. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, like... I, I remember Odin from Awakening, I think. Wait, wait, yeah, wait, so... What was his name? Dark it, Mage, right? It, it's Owain in Awakening and Odin. Oh, Owain. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like his, his theatricals. He's, he's, just, he's the kind of character that's just, you know, kind of like polite in the mood and just pretends to be like, a, like this hero. Or this dark lord, he's just like I- I'm to save everybody with my dark powers. Yeah, he's a Chinibyu. <laughs> yeah, Chinibyu. I-, I I wanted to use that word, but wasn't sure, but I don't know if everyone <laughs> would understand what it means. Just someone who basically just pretends to be an anime character. Sort of like, like um, Chuni is a Japanese word that is sort of like an over-the-top idea of cool. Like I usually think of it as what does a middle school boy think is awesome is kind of what Chuni means. <laughs> yeah. And Chuni Gyo yeah. is a uh, is a character that embodies that. And uh, like I I I know this. I, I have this recently in my mind because in an interview with the Devil May Cry 5 producer, he said, yeah, Dante is completely chuny, and I want to con- and I want to just con- <laughs> communicate that concept to everyone and, and, and just be completely unabashed about it. So, yeah, Devil May Cry, like, super Dark Lordy <laughs> kind of characters, that's very chuny. <laughs> and I guess, uh, I guess another one of would be overall from Fun Fates. Probably, like, one of the few Fates characters I actually really like. Overall, there's kind of. A, wait, wait, was, she, was she like a ninja oh. or a, a Naginata user? I I remember. Was I she think she's she the Falcon. Is that that? No, no, she's the. the no, I know which one. I know which one she has. Okay, she's the blue hair. Yeah, she's the Naginata user. Yeah, she's okay, the one who's Naginata, racist. right? Okay. Yeah, she's yeah. the one who's racist to all the all the Norians. Mm-hmm. 
like the start of the game, but I like how you picked but, a racist but... as your favorite character. No, no, it's because, it's because of what, like as the, over the course of like as she gets support conversations with Norian characters, she slowly gets over her racism. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, Norians aren't all bad people, right? Norians are, you know, people just like Hoshidans. So I kind of like that the development of her character with support conversations, how she slowly grows to like Norians and be more comfortable around them. It's, it's all based off of childhood trauma, right? But it's how you can get over that. Like stuff you learned during your childhood. I, I like the, like that part about her. Cool, and it, it's uh yeah it's it's I was a little thrown away by Fates um because it it really threw away a lot of the traditional Fire Emblem unit diversity I was used to by having sort of one army explicitly Western medieval and one army explicitly Japanese medieval. So it, it was cool and added character to the different armies. But it's like it's like what do you mean I can't have Pegasus knights in this army? <laughs> and I'm like and, and, yeah. and, and like and what do you mean there's separate like uh like halberdier halberdiers and uh and and uh naginata users like i was, I was a little perplexed by it but yeah it, it's a bit odd yeah it, it, it did add visual flair to the two different groups which is which is good uh all right it's my turn again um my all-time favorite fire emblem character was the guy who was my strongest unit the very first time i played fire emblem and uh, I and I, I love him. It's Hector from Fire Emblem Seven. Uh, yeah. He he is maybe the best Fire Emblem axe user ever, or at least on the short list of them. He is he's really powerful. He, uh, he I've never had Hector turn out badly every time I've played that game, which is three or four times, or maybe three and a half times. But also the thing I like about him is that he's he's sort of boisterous and loud and kind of a bro and kind of a and kind of an asshole noble but has a genuinely good heart and cares about his units and cares about uh about Elliewood his best friend and like mm-hmm. so so his his can, you're never in doubt of him being a good person but he also is like he he, remi- he reminds me of like uh he reminds me of like a frat brother in a way yeah he, he's just I can see that he he's he's sort of uh he's over the top and not really silly, but uh, just just like like ha- like hyper masculine and proud, but with a lot without a lot of the negative connotation of that. And yeah. um and I found that appealing as a character. And uh, spoilers for the first five minutes of Fire Emblem Six, <laughs> um, uh, Hector Hector's daughter Lilina is one of the main characters of Final Fan- of a uh, whoops Fire Emblem Six, and uh and Hector dies in the first ten minutes. Um he's yeah. he, He's uh, he's killed by uh, Zephiel, who was the ma- the main antagonist of Fire Emblem Six, and who's a, and who's a young boy in Fire Emblem Seven that you that you rescue at one point. But near yeah, the end, has, well, has a nice beard as well. Yeah, yeah, he has he has a nice beard in uh, in Fire Emblem Six. Uh, Hector does, but also uh, in the end near the end of Fire Emblem Seven, when Hector and Elliewood are are uh, getting their ultimate weapons, which are the ultimate, which are also the ultimate sword and ultimate axe in uh, in Fire Emblem Six, like. Uh, and he and he and he takes Armads or or Almase, whatever whatever translation you're playing. Heck, uh, like the the holder of the axe says, if you if you choose to take this axe, you'll be given great power, but you'll die in ba- but you'll uh, but you'll die in battle and die with regrets. And Hector said, I don't care. We need to win this war now. I'll take the goddamn axe. And so so he does, <laughs> and it, it, that foreshadows his death in Fire Emblem Six, which again takes place several years later. But that's super cool. Yeah, it's 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 really cool, and I I love Hector as a character, even though he's he feels like less of a main character than Elliewood or Lynn, but I I think he's more memorable than either of them because he like like he gives the he he really communicates a sort of like 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 he's a, he's definitely a prince and definitely you know upper class, but is um 
but 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 like wants truly wants to do good and truly cares about his friends and his army and is also just more fun than Ellie Witter Lynn to me. And so and uh, and he's also really good to use in combat. So I love Hector. He's my all-time favorite uh, Fire Emblem character. Hmm. So uh, uh, Peter, do you have a third favorite to add to your list? Oh uh, yeah, I, I thought about it, and uh, this one might actually surprise people, but it's almost purely on a, for aesthetic reasons. Um, Corin, female edition. Um, and she's the player-created character in Fates. Yes, um, right. and also, also both both versions are playable in Smash in Smash Four and Smash Ultimate, right. which may which may account for some of why I like them, because um, they put her in the put them in the game before Fates came out, kind of to drum up hype. Same you know same rationale with putting Roy in Melee, and I found um, Corrin to be a really fun character to use, um, and also I think female Corrin is canon. Um, at least she's the one that's in um, in Fire Emblem Warriors, and the developers seem to favor her. And I just think I just yeah, I think canon. that's cool to me too because I think the male Corrin is kind of doofy looking, and whereas Fem Corrin is adorable, like she's she's got a really great design. Um, is is there a, cool... is there a canon uh, gender for Robin? I think yeah, it's male. Okay, yeah. So that's, yeah. I think okay. they go with the. Uh, I think I think they go with the, the Smash versions are technically there, but yeah. I don't know. I just think uh, I think that uh, female female Corrin make some at least part some aspects of fates a little bit more bearable um <laughs> just because you deal with like instead of the uh the mage squad you have the butler which is uh, a better character to begin with and a little less skeevy I am yeah show. um <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know i just i like her design i think corin suffers a bit from protagonist coonness where mm-hmm. she has like, way too many powers and everybody adores her and Okay, to an extent, that's kind of obnoxious character writing, but uh, it's, I don't know. I like i like female Corrin. I, I, it's pretty much on an aesthetic level entirely. I don't really, I have trouble justifying my enjoyment for that character. <laughs> <laughs> but I have it, so I'm going to talk about it. What I love is, like, everyone was complaining about, like, their, the Awakening's, like, feet. Like, they were all just stumps. And they're and for fates, they're like, you know what? We're gonna make corn barefoot just to show these feet. Show you. We learned what toes are. <laughs> Look at the feet. feet now. <laughs> so, okay, okay, but Leona, Leona, are you sure that that's them showing off their new graphics tech, or is that yeah, them I or another fetish? Yeah. <laughs> both. <laughs> Probably both. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, let's see. Nathan, Peter, and I have shared our third. Uh, Fire Emblem favorite. Your turn, Leona. Okay, just really quick. Uh, it was during the Tharja talk that made me think of the other Dark Mage in Awakening, and that's Henry. And I <laughs> oh, love man. Henry. Oh my god, Henry. Henry. And Henry's a real eccentric dude. Yeah, he's real eccentric. He's always happy, but he's also kind of creepy. And I, I just like that mix of characteristics that he's always upbeat and always happy, but at the same time, he's like, can I take your heart out of your open chest? Yeah. With the smile, so I really like Henry and his birds. <laughs> yeah, Henry's probably one of my favorites from Awakening as well. Yeah, Henry was my best magic user the time I played Awakening. I think I had him on the uh, I forget what the name of the class is, but the mounted one that can use dark tomes. Dark and... fire. No, not dark, dark fire. Dark knight. I think. Yeah, I think dark I think dark. I think dark knight is it. That's it. Right. But yeah, he was. Um, I, I I played Awakening slightly late, and Tharja is one of my close friends, uh, favorite Fire Emblem characters. He was he I was pretty pumped for Tharja to have her just be my best 
magic user, but no, Henry was turned out way better than Tharja, and he was one of my probably one of my top five or six units that game. I, I really, really get attached to how good units are in, when I play through Fire Emblem games. I'm the same way with Pokemon. Like my my favorite yeah. poke, my favorite Pokemon are always like, oh yeah, the first time I played this game, that Pokemon was awesome for me, and that, like that, I I feel that way about Fire Emblem yeah. characters as well. So again, Hector, Melody, and Nephany are absolutely in my uh, in my top um, in my list for those reasons. But anyway, we've talked a lot about characters. We've talked about Fire Emblem concepts and ideas. Let's go to the present a little bit. Um, now we've been off and on about this. Uh, Fire Emblem Fates is a problematic Fire Emblem game. It uh, it's, to us, it seems anyway. It, it, well, to, to us, anyways. Like yeah. the, the thing, the one thing that's undeniable about Fates is that it came after Awakening. Obviously, Awakening was very popular, and, and perhaps as a result, Fates is the highest-selling Fire Emblem game of all time. Like again, mm -hmm. being a sequel to a popular game is more important than how good a game is for how for how well it sells. But anyway, so uh, Fates sold extremely well. It was divided into two versions, uh, Conquest and Birthright. And uh, in both games, the beginning starts out as the same. You're uh, you're the ward of uh, the country of Nor, where you're um, you're one, I believe, one of five royal family of Nor, in addition to the uh, to the king. And you're at war against Hoshido. Again, Nor is sort of a Western fantasy inspired uh, look, and Hoshido's a uh, Eastern fantasy inspired look. But then it uh, it comes out that you were um, the an orphaned prince or princess of Hoshido. And and you may inherit some dragon power of Hoshido. I don't I don't a hundred percent understand everything going on there. But basically, around a midpoint, you choose whether to uh, side with your uh, adopted Norian family and and attempt to conquer Hoshido, or your original Hoshido family and and attempt to save Hoshido. And there's a third pathway where you basically sort of walk the line and don't and uh, independently strike off to end the war via an, a way a means I have not figured out because I have not played Revelations and not explicitly take a side. And if you yeah, if you bought right. if you bought the Conquest version of the game, you sort of automatically hide, side with Nor. And if you buy the Birthright version of the game, then you automatically side with Hoshido. Or if you have bought the DLC of the other game, or if you bought the special edition of the game that contains both you get to make the choice yourself it's a little confusing but basically fire emblem fates is sort of a shared beginning and then with a, a plot that divides one of three ways and th the narrative is weird like it, it's um uh basically both people from both sides almost always uh want to side with you like all, all of your siblings on both sides like get very attached to you and uh, and <laughs> well, let's say you take the birthright path yeah. basically your your um your adoptive brothers and sisters in nor are always like please come back to us you're you're one of us for real and it's a uh, it, it and but while the the king of nor whether you side with him or not uh, explicitly wants to kill you and is setting you up to fail even if you're on the nor path it's it's real weird and they uh and they bring back the children's system from Awakening in a way that makes less sense. And they really, really push like relationships, relationship stuff and matchmaking stuff in Fates in a way that that felt a little, uh, a little, I don't know, like a little much. Like like they they were pushing it onto you, as opposed to having it being a, an existing system. At least that's how it felt like to me. It felt tacked on to me. Yeah. Felt, the, yeah. Same. yeah. Yeah, it, it felt it, really tacked on. Yeah, so it it felt like it, the support stuff felt the, the child stuff felt tacked on, and the support mm -hmm. stuff felt like forced. And I, yeah. and as a, and even though the the story 
wasn't bad. The the story. I think it was bad. Well, okay. I mean, the story. <laughs> it, it, there was there was narr- there was narrative dissonance, and I and I didn't get attached to the story. But I, mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think as a, I, make sense to you. like as a concept, I don't think it's a bad story. On paper, it's an interesting idea, but in execution, it is weird and bad. The, the, like <laughs> the basic like premise of Fates is awesome. Like the whole yeah. being a son of two kingdoms and having torn loyalties and. And that um, there's no reason why that couldn't work. The problem is that, like you said, every character on both sides is like in protagonist love with with Corrin, and Corrin's like the specialist snowflake who ever special to a snowflake. And <laughs> and the, the and when you get on the third path, everyone just kind of like gives up and is like, oh, I guess we're gonna be friends now because the concept <laughs> is like so open to like nuance and war and politics and like the actual game is just lacking of any nuance everyone's good everything's for love and friendship and there's just one bad guy and he's bad because he's bad it's, it's <laughs> like if, it's like it, what would happen if if game of thrones was written by tight kubo <laughs> okay tite kubo uh <laughs> I don't have enough time to talk about that guy in a podcast, but at least he always has his characters very well dressed. All the characters in 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 Fates are pretty well dressed. Mm. That's true. All right, I sure. like their designs. <laughs> the story was weird, and it didn't sort of hit the Fire Emblem spots that I wanted. Even though some of the character designs were cool, and some of the new class designs were cool, but I, it, it like I I connected with Awakening immediately as a longtime fan. Like Awakening was full of references and had some cool new ideas. And, yeah. a, and a pretty satisfying standalone story, but but Fates was trying to capitalize off the most popular parts of Awakening, like like the child stuff and the lar- and the sort of large world map sto- uh, story stuff, but didn't but felt like a less earnest, less genuine attempt of a, at a big Fire Emblem game. And I um again again I've been a fan for a long time and I like a, I like a lot of the old games, but um, Awakening felt great and Fates did not. Uh, again. Yeah. Personally, of course, but now uh, Gaiden—I I should say—Echoes was pretty different from Fates. Echoes is a remake of one of the NES Fire Emblem games, and uh, Nathan, you played it for review. Uh, what what are some of the new ideas that Echoes brought to the table? And so Echoes kind of brought in the first of all, they added in dungeons into the game, which is a, right. something mm-hmm. that Fire Emblem has never done. Yeah, I, so... re- I remember reading about that. Uh, but okay, please continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when almost like a child's on the overworld, they can run into enemies, and enemies will take you into the regular Fire Emblem maps. They'll be like, say, like five or so. They're like, kind of like mini battles. Yeah, they're tiny battles. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go into those, you go into those fights, you do stuff like normal. But the thing is, when you fight multiple battles, you there's a fatigue meter in Echoes. So if you fight too many battles, or sorry, if a unit gets into too many like individual fights, they'll get fatigued. And once they're fat- too fatigued, they'll uh, lose half of their HP. And. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, your entire army. Yeah, it really doesn't matter like too much until later on in the story. Like, I think the end game is a massive dungeon. That that's when it comes into play. You can restore uh, stamina through like uh, say, think you get like food. You can they have units eat, eat food to uh, keep themselves going. But uh, that was the kind of main major change. And then you and then ending, yeah. Blue the archmage needs food badly. Yeah. <laughs> The enemy armies will spawn on the overworld, and they'll take over areas that you ha- that you haven't that you've already captured. So say you say you want to go back to a certain point to like to shop or whatever, 
uh, if you leave an enemy fortress alone, they'll spawn uh, armies, and then the armies will take over all the areas you've taken over already. So in order to get rid of army spawn, you have to take over a fortress. So, yeah. well, okay, that, that, that adds a sense of urgency that sounds cool, and I'm not against the idea of a dungeon, but I bet the stamina stuff gets annoying to deal with. It gets a little bit annoying, but like I said, the dungeons are short enough that not okay. all your units will get fatigued. It's just the, the massive dungeons, like, like during the end game chapter and then post game. The post game is also another massive dungeon. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so basically, some, some mostly dungeons are fine, but some require advanced planning, and it adds a new wrinkle to gameplay. That, that doesn't yeah. sound that bad. But um, was the story, okay. were the story and characters at least, you know, at least Fire Emblem average, like replacement level? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, I like. The oh, story oh you, you played it too, yeah, Leona. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, play, I played it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I never I, even. It's Nathan's turn. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I assume Nathan was the only one that played it, uh, and uh, it, obviously incorrectly. But um, so what were your overall thoughts on it too, uh, Leona? Nathan gave it a pretty good review in uh, mm -hmm. for RPG fan, which I recommend listeners check. Oh no, I really liked it. I felt like it was a nice like palate cleanser after Fates. It really t made me feel like it was Fire Emblem, even though it had all these little changes. I really yeah. liked Celica and Alm. They were just great. Yeah. Uh, characters and um, I really liked uh, the individual like party members. They were all really fleshed out and likable, and uh, also has like an openly gay character, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, gay archer. Yeah, I like Leon too. He's fun. Yeah, he's fun. There's an episode, a few episodes of Archer that I think people call the gay <laughs> archer episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch that show. <laughs> It's it's it's, it's I, I, it's, horse? it's quite funny. No, that's BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, I, I I like Archer quite a bit, but we don't we don't need to go into that on this podcast. So Peter, let's talk about your favorite Fire Emblem game, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sen Sessions hashtag #fe or Musical Sharp Note FE. I am so glad you asked. I think yeah, I think it's musical note. Although it's some I, well, fun uh, headlines when I, when that game was coming out, and I got to be like, that's a hashtag, not a sharp. And it's, and it's, it's right, not it, it's not a musical note. <laughs> It's a uh, it's it's not a musical note. It's a um uh it's it's a note change. You can't have a sharp alone. It has to accompany a musical note. Um, Today I learned. So I so I guess it's I guess it's I guess it's TMS F sharp E. TMS, which is my favorite because because the abbreviation it's a backwards abbreviation of SMT of Shin Megami Tensei. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, damn it! I never realized that. Yeah. It had to be, it had to, I it had to be pointed out to me as well, Leona. But it, that for me it was on Slack some time well, ago. <laughs> Yeah. So when, well, when, no, I've been publicly outed. <laughs> when, uh, when Tokyo Mirage was first announced, it was announced as little more than a, a project in the works, a crossover between Intelligent Systems and Atlas called uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei X Fire Emblem or Cross Fire Emblem or whatever. And, and, they, when and it was in that status for a while, like maybe almost two years. It was, it was two years, yeah. yeah. They did not show off a damn thing. They, that trailer was just music from SMT and a bunch of characters from other games and and that had me thinking oh it's going to be some like like project cross zone was the first thing that came to mind it's like oh it's going to be some crossover strategy rpg that's cute i guess i have i wasn't really interested when they actually blew the lid off and revealed what it was i remember the internet like having like an aneurysm like what yeah. is, is this what is this thing real backlash the SMT fans were mad because it didn't look dark and gritty. The fire uh -huh. I don't know. I don't know how the Fire Emblem fans felt. Nathan fire fans are mad because there wasn't enough Fire Emblem. Yeah, there wasn't enough Fire Emblem. And then and then me though, I was like, that Pegasus Knight is a robot with rocket legs, and I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
and which might show my priorities a bit a little bit but i i really i really enjoyed tokyo mirage sessions um yeah. it's such an, anach an anachronistic title like oh so it's it plays it's like persona but it works in the fire emblem weapon triangle which is actually a really elegant mix it's it's it, it they feel so natural together um yeah agreed um and then like the characters have pers are like teenage you know high schoolers with like with with special powers like in persona but their personas are fire emblem characters like like mecha versions of fire emblem characters and it's really neat and mm -hmm. uh there's just a lot of fan service for both for both franchises in the game like there's a store that's run by like jack frost and, and pyro jack that's funny um uh <laughs> So if, and so if you're a fan of either series, I think there's something to enjoy there. The combat system's really fun, and I actually really like the music theming of it all. How it's like based on the Japanese pop industry, which admittedly, like I, I totally get why there are some people who had ethical concerns over the game. It's about oh, yeah. it, it's it, about um, the, the the Japanese and Korean pop industries can be very very exploitative of talent, uh -huh. and it's a uh, and, and it's extremely challenging to succeed in it. And unless you're near the top of the industry, it is a it, it's it's a deep it can be a, a brutal struggle but and and this is a this is a very rosy uh eyed mm -hmm. version of it's this of very it's very sugar-coated yeah um but um it, it's a celebration think, and not a and not yeah. a like and not a uh you know critique <laughs> yeah yeah no exactly it is it is 100 percent like like it's 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 like it's like you know when how whenever hollywood makes a movie about how great hollywood is and it's like <laughs> you know it's have seven oscars of. the artist yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody saw that movie, guys. Okay, okay. Actually, I did see the artist and thought it was pretty good, but uh, but people were were too excited about it. I agree. Best best popular film category, an idea that should have been nerfed the second someone brought it up. They they did kill it off, but it was after the fact. And I end up uh, my personal feeling and the way to solve that is when a when a film declares for Oscar contention, they pick they pick either best picture or best popular film. I think that I think that's the way to solve that problem. But they never did it. They decided to my, my problem. My, my solution to the problem is just give Black Panther the damn award. But <laughs> give, give Black Panther both <laughs> awards or have Black Panther pick which one it gets because Black Panther was freaking incredible. But anyway, let's... Uh, um, uh, but yeah, okay, uh, out of Wakanda, back to... Uh, back, to back to Shibuya. Tokyo. Back to Shibuya, <laughs> got it. Mm -hmm. it it's a, but yeah, Tokyo Mirage, um, and uh, as, as expected of a game that's focused on music, it has an absolutely banging soundtrack. Um, yeah. So many good songs. Um, did anyone anyone else play this and want to talk about it? I don't want to hog this. Yeah, I, played I, me. I haven't played it, but it is uh, it is a day one buy for me when it gets its inevitable switch port that I that I truly believe, that I truly believe is coming. Yeah. Like I I uh, I, I, I think it's just, I think it's a matter of time. It might be three years. It might be next year. But uh, that is getting a switch port. I'm very confident about that, and I will play it when it happens. But it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite JRPGs from last generation. I concur. It was my game of the year that year it came out. I think. Was it like? It, it was mine as well. Was it like early 2016 or late 2015? Yeah. So I think my top, my top, my top that year was um, FF15 was number two, and then Tokyo Mirage was number one. That really, really took me surprise, surprise how much I adored that game. It's my cool. favorite Wii U RPG. <laughs> That's not saying a whole lot. We have like, that, that's like a that's a short <laughs> that's a short list, but there are good games in that list. I mean, I, I just I just combined. I, I didn't play any Wii games until I got my Wii U, so I just I just mentally put in the original Xenoblade Chronicles and uh, yeah. Last Story on that list. So I'm like, that's not bad. <laughs> I played a lot of RPGs on that thing, but I know. I yeah. <laughs>
All right, so um, that's probably the highest profile Fire Emblem spinoff. Uh, I mean, th but there's another one, Fire Emblem Warriors, which is a game, Nathan, I think you've put a lot of time into. Is, am I, am I, is that right? Yeah, I have. It's probably, probably the game I've spent the most time on my Switch, actually. Now, I, I think Fire Emblem was a very natural choice of an IP to adapt for Warriors. Um, yeah. And uh, it, 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 I mean, even though... Uh, I'm, I'm probably more interested in the Zelda and Dragon Quest Warriors games than I am in Fire Emblem. I think Fire Emblem might be a more logical <laughs> transition than those two because it is about fighting massive armies uh, with, uh, with a handful of units. But um, Fire Emblem Warriors looks good, but I have one giant problem with it in that it's just all Awakening and Fates characters except for Marth yeah. and, like, I think Marth and Lin and that's it or something. Uh, Marth, Sita, Tiki are from Shadow Dragon. They've got Celica from... Echoes. Okay, and... so but, but weren't those late coming DLC, or no, they, they weren't DLC. They were just secret characters. Okay, all right. Okay, so, but it was all Fire Emblem games from the previous four years, then plus Lin, which I which I did not like at all. It's like where's Ira? Where's Hector? Where's where's my yeah. girl? Ne where's my girl Nephany? Right, right, Leona. <laughs> yeah, we want Nephany in it. Then yeah, I actually right. Yeah. But I, so, so anyway, I, I, I didn't make it. So like, I, I liked it as a concept, it, but it didn't interest me beyond a concept because I don't love Musou games in general. Like, I, I don't know the one I've played the most is probably one of the One Piece Pirate Warriors games that I borrowed once. But <laughs> which I played is, the Zelda, the Zelda one. I I I, 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 like, I have I have one friend who buys every single Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors game. Uh, which is probably two or three a year, and I think he's a crazy person. But uh, <laughs> uh, like, 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 I understand the, I understand how the loop of those is fun, but I don't know why you have to, you know, quell the yellow turban rebellion every year. Uh, <laughs> but how uh, does this keep happening? <laughs> and uh, but, but, but but playing but but, but, but playing multiplayer on his PS3 and PS4 has given me a, a functional understanding of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms novel, which is which is something I guess. But uh, but but anyway, um, Fire Emblem Warriors seemed like an, a smart adaptation, and I know you're really into it, Nathan. Uh, do we know if there's more of those coming? Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. They said they want to make a sequel, but I don't know if it'll happen or not. And I, sh I don't think Warriors did too well commercially i see so i don't so i don't know if the sequel will be possible but i mean i would love the sequel especially if they include you know characters from past games if, he if hector is in a fire emblem warriors game i will buy it like i he's he has to be like, like were there no any, were there any axe users at all in that game there was no uh lissa and lissa oh my god minerva's oh, but, dlc was she, then, was she the girl in Fates that was either uh, oh, shoot? But she was either a warrior no, or a general, no, and was no, and was this was Crom's sister from Crom, Oh, okay, never mind. No, I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, the but healer, then, the healer girl. But, yeah, there's Lissa and uh, Camilla, and that was the only axe users. So okay, yeah, Camilla's an axe user. Um, but and there, but, there but, no, but, uh, why 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 was Lissa using an axe? I don't know because they need more axe users, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so they throw it on a cleric. Yeah. Have an axe, Lessa. What? Why? There's also no uh, spear, ground spear units until you get Orboro, who's DLC. Like, all the Lance users are all Pegasus Knights, and they all play exactly the same, which I, I hated. Huh. 
Okay, I was doing some background Googling, and I was thinking of Charlotte when you said Axe user from when, when you when you said Lissa. Oh, I kind of wish Charlotte was. In yeah, the game. right. I, I would I would love to for Charlotte to be in the game because I, I I get really attached to Fire Emblem Axe users. I have to have at least one or two. Like uh, uh again, my favorite Fire Emblem characters are cavalry units, then like really fast one weapon units like uh like like halberdiers or swordmasters, and then and then like and axe berserkers. So yeah, I I always need to have. Uh, team diversity, which is with a lot of cavalry, but so anyway, um, that's a little bit about warriors and mirage sessions. We're already going pretty long on this podcast, but there is uh, there is two last topics I want to address before we quit. Hopefully, we'll stay under two hours. Um, first of all, what let's say either either three houses or a future game. What's one thing you absolutely want to see? Whether it's adding a new thing or a thing from a previous game or toning down a thing from Fates or Echoes. Um, what, what's just, just one idea or concept. Uh, I'll start with you, Leona. Do you know, is there something that you specifically want to get out of three houses or a game afterward after it? Um, I'd really appreciate an, a good plot, <laughs> like a real <laughs> meaty plot. You know, I know Fire Emblem's never been a very plot heavy game. It's just not, it's always a bit cheesy, but I would, I yeah. wouldn't mind like a more political, like devious underhanded sort of plot to go with. Three houses. Oh, that sounds to me. Oh, that's quite... that's part of part I loved about uh, Path of Radiance is the yeah. political stuff you get that gets involved in that game. Yeah, the Path of Radiance is great. It's got it's a great story and it's, it handles a lot of themes. And I really like Path of Radiance for that. So I'd like a Path of Radiance sort of more focus on the plot kind of story in Three Houses. Cool. All right, uh, Peter. Same question to you. Um, well, since Leon, since Leona beat me too, please have a good story. Um. <laughs> um Okay, for me, it's a toss-up of either don't axe, don't axe the relationship stuff entirely, but uh, refine it a bit. Like, like refine yeah. it or tone it down or a little bit? Tone, or... It, tone, it, tone it down and make the moments the characters share more meaningful, because I don't just want uh, a characters to have three conversations before a baby appears. Like, I want, like, a real... <laughs> I want this character to grow and develop, and if possible... Like we mentioned, with the possibility of like implementing some kind of PTSD system, make the death <laughs> meaningful. Make the make the death. If these characters pair up and love each other, make and one of them dies in battle, I want them to be affected by that. I want I want there to be consequences in my war game. Dang it, Peter! Um, you, I think you and I were half joking when we were talking about the PS. PTSD system and characters gaining or losing stats when others die, but and then and then like the community gamifying death in a way. But the more I think about it, the more I would be okay with it. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Also, and also since, we, since they've shown a little bit of a of what looks like some kind of castle exploration thing in the Three Houses trailer, right. that was another thing about Fates that I thought was annoying and repetitive. Um, so make that good. Yeah, it wasn't a bad idea, but I I didn't I didn't love it in Fates either. I mean, I mean, uh, Leona, we're in the middle of recording Suikoden 2 episodes. We yeah, just, uh, there's we know, so much there. Yeah, we know so we have an idea of how much fun running a castle town can be. Exactly. Yeah. And like Again. having your little army shopkeepers, that's a lot of fun. Like, yeah. But not in Fates. Got it. So, uh, <laughs> Nathan, same question to you. What's one Fire Emblem thing that you hope is either in Three Houses or a future game? Uh, so when I saw the concept for Three Houses, they basically have like I assume it's going to be like different armies for different countries. So what I want them to do is what do they did in Radiant Dawn, where you raise one army, and then you you raise one army, then you raise the other army, and then later on in the story, the two armies fight each other. Yeah, but that's that was part. Of, that's part I loved in Radiant Dawn was 
you know, you play Ike's army, and then, oh, the next chapter you play Makai's army, you have to fight Ike's army. So you have to, so you have to always be careful which army, uh, sorry, which units on the other side you know are powerful. So you, mm-hmm. you have to either avoid them or pick your own best units to fight that best unit. The next chapter you, you'll fight uh, the other army, right? And so there's also, I think it was Jill, who basically swaps sides like basically every single time. Yeah, yeah Jill, Jill's always there. <laughs> you, always, you always talk to her and swap sides because uh, you had an army, you had a unit on the other side to pull her back towards your side. So that kind of yeah. that kind of thing would be would be really awesome. That's part of the reason why I like Radiant Dawn a lot is to have those two different armies and then they fight each other and then later on in the game they work together. So that, that's part I like about it. So we kind of want three houses to do that and not be three separate games. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also very into the idea of having it not be three separate games. Please make make it one game with branching paths or. Uh, or a multi-army idea that that's good, but to, please don't do a fates thing again with separate games. That's that that did not work out well in my opinion. But anyway, uh, my turn, I guess. Um, this is not something that could be in fates. I'm sorry, in three houses for obvious reasons. But I want the game after three houses to be a remake of Seisen Sin no Kefu. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's. Well, I, I concur. Yeah, I I think that's one of. The game. Yeah, it's one of the best uh, old school Fire Emblem games. There's a lot of dark stuff in it, a lot of death and. Um, that's an M-rated fire emblem there. Yeah, it, it's it's like a fan favorite one that gets real weird and it, but has really cool ideas and pretty good characters. I only played it through once and I used a guide heavily because I didn't want to make any mistakes. The story is really awesome, but the story also is sometimes a little gross because there's like weird black magic rape in it and stuff. But yeah, I would love for the game after Three Houses to be a remake of Seisen no Kefu, which which translates which translates to Genealogy of the Holy War or Generations of the Holy War. Right. Um. So all right, though that's those are ideas about the future of Fire Emblem. But before we, uh, before we end the podcast, I have one last question I want to present to each of you. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, fate uh, other than Fates or Echoes, because they're too recent. Um, right. What w- would you recommend we have as a future retro encounter episode? What fire, ah! what fire emblem game would you want to be a future episode? And again, not fates or echoes, not 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 for quality reasons, but because of recency reasons. Um, and I'll I'll go first. Uh, this is again, this is a, a little bit selfish of me, but the uh, a fire emblem game that I only played once and don't totally remember. Uh, and also I think would, wouldn't be very hard to replay is uh, Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones for GBA. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's a, a cute one that I have positive memories about, but I don't remember everything about the storyline, and uh, I kind of would like to revisit it. And I haven't played it a bunch of times like I have Fire Emblem 7 or Fire Emblem Awakening. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my pick is Sacred Stones. Um, does anyone want to volunteer their suggestion for a future Retro Encounter episode about Fire Emblem? Path of Radiance. All right. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Oh yeah. wait, no, no, no! You, you don't have to pick something else, Nathan. You, are, do you agree with Leona? That's the one. Yeah, either uh, Path of Radiance or Awakening. Hmm. Got it. And uh, Peter, what's your idea? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with either of the GBA ones, either Sacred Stones or uh, Seven. Okay. Tie. Well, that can be a discussion that we have privately after we're done recording. Um, but again, there is uh, there are a lot of Fire Emblem fans among RPG fan staff, so it is something that could happen. In fact, I'm a little surprised there hasn't been more action on the idea of a Fire Emblem episode. But instead, yeah, you of... know what? I've thought about it, and I feel like Path of Radiance is so hard to get 
that it would be a struggle to get that many people to play it. Hey, hey I got it. I I got it lying around somewhere. It can just be you and me, Leona. Just you and me. <laughs> you, me, and a boy named Ike. <laughs> I'm up for it. <laughs> well, I, I, all right. If we're already if we're progr- prognosticating future retro encounter episodes, it sounds like this retro encounter episode has come to an end. Um, thank you so much, Leona, Peter, and Nathan, for joining me on this. It was a lot thank of fun. You. It was a lot of fun chatting yeah, Fire Emblem with you guys. Uh, it's a series that is near and dear to my heart. I ha- I have cooled off on it a little bit since my peak when I was arguing about Japanese games from 20 years ago on GameFAQs forums. Mm. But, but Do you know it, what? I feel like it comes and goes because I was like that with Pokemon, and then I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool on Pokemon, and now I'm like, oh, Pokemon! It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I like 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 for, for I, I'm like that on two on Fire Emblem. I was like super deep into Fire Emblem for uh, several years in a row. Then I took a break, and then it, and then when I finally got my grubby hands on Awakening, I was obsessed with Fire Emblem for three months. Yeah. Ago. So um, it's but there's a lot of quality there, and hundreds of characters to fall in love with or or to end up hating and uh, a lot of it is dressed in some cool strategy gameplay and some pretty cool fantasy stories plus i mean if i mean shoot if if nintendo has a signature R- uh, jrpg series it's 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 pokemon and fire emblem the, the yeah. those two coming and going obsessions of yours leona mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh so it was a lot of fun talking about fire emblem with with all three of you and thank you for uh of scheduling this episode on on sort of short notice. Again, this was all this was going to be a Pokemon episode, but uh, it got uh, very suddenly canceled, and we had to scrounge one of our episode ideas on our big list together at the last minute. And uh, here's where we arrived. But it was I'm I'm very glad that we did arrive this way because it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, it was uh, fun. And listeners, thank you for putting up with us for over an hour and a half. Um, next week we have part two of our Suikoden set of Suikoden two set of podcasts. Um, it's already recorded and in the can, and it was a lot of fun to record. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that one hit, um, hit the wild soon. Um, and after Suikoden 2, we have um, several episodes in a row about Mega Man Legends 1 and 2. Those are going to air in October, th- not coincidentally the same month that Mega Man 11 comes out. So it's going to be just a month of Mega Man celebration, which is something that I do every minute of my life. <laughs> But beyond Mega Man Legends, we haven't really made hard plans yet, so I can't announce anything that's coming after those. Maybe that Pokemon episode that we put to the side will come out. Uh, maybe that Battle Systems episode that I know a few people are talking about might come up, but I, I can't say for sure what's coming right after Mega Man Legends. Um, but listeners, if you want to if you want to suggest us an episode or just open up a discussion line with us in general, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also visit RPG Fans forums, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Discord, our Instagram. Uh, all of those are links on the Retro Encounter main page. There's also another RPG fan podcast, Retro No, that's this one. My bad. <laughs> uh, the, the other RPG fan podcast is Random Encounter. It's hosted by Dayer Kimsbergen, and they focus more on current events, and it's a great listen every two weeks. Um, you can also review both Random or Retro Encounter on iTunes or Google Play or however you're listening to us. We love feedback and read everything that is directed to us. Um, so let's oh. share our social media presences oh uh, um i'll actually be starting a uh, stream of tokyo mirage sessions on sunday well sunday sorry i gotta look at the date on sunday september 23rd i'll be starting a stream of tokyo mirage sessions on rpg fans twitch so if you'd like to kind of check out uh, the game me and peter love so much you can yeah just swing by and hang out 
Yeah, um, the RPG Fan Twitch page has something going on basically every day. We have a rotating cast of Twitch streamers, and you can check to see what the Twitch schedule is by going to the RPG Fan front page. Because um, we are recording this a few days in advance, I can't really say everything going on and with it staying current, but please um, go to the RPG Fan front page, check and see what's streaming, and then go to the RPG Fan Twitch. It looks like Nathan is going to have some Tokyo Mirage sessions ahead of him. Some Tokyo yep. Mirage sessions... Sessions? Sessions? <laughs> Are talking about session sessions? Yeah. Down for the sesh. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Join us for a set for a TMS sesh. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, so okay. That that was a worthwhile plug. But now uh, the plugging is over, and it's time to share our social media. Let's start with you, Peter. Uh, listeners, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at I Have Fury. Right now, uh, my name is Peter's emotional state is in flux, and I have a picture of 9S having a mental breakdown because that's how I feel at a given moment. Um, but other than that, you can also email me, PeterT at RPGFan.com, with any news and queries you may have. All right, and Leona, your turn. Uh, I'm Starmongus on our RPG Fan Discord server, which I help moderate, and you can find me on Twitter at Starmongus, where I'm currently posting po- horrible, malformed Pokemon fusions. It's, it's <laughs> a trip. Please follow that thread. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't spoken up, but I've been watching those, um, Leona, and they're hilarious. So thank oh, you. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nathan, your turn. Where can people find you on social media? Guys, you can find me on Twitter at SmashKing27. If you want to follow me on Twitch, actually, I'm going to be doing some streams of RPGs later. Uh, it's, it's at Smash, oh, sorry, it's twitch.tv slash SmashKingTV. And then you find me on our Discord, I'm just SmashKing. All right, and I guess I'm last, as usual. Uh, on Twitter, I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time and at Evoker for Dogs other times. I am Monsoon on the RPG Fan forums and Monsoon Mike on the RPG Fan Discord page. And I'm also the person answering the email most of the time if you were to email retro at rpgfan.com. So, uh, gentlemen and lady, I think we've done it. That was a lot of Fire Emblem we talked about, but it was, it was, it was, the Fire Emblem's pretty good. Fire Emblem's pretty good. But Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. Listeners. Fire this is not rhythm encounter because because all three of you lack rhythm yeah clearly listeners thank you good night and good luck <laughs>